And this evening, I uh, appreciate um, Gracie and Emily uh, kind of taking the reins of the, of the instruments. If you are here and uh, you play an instrument, the Lord is wanting you to play the instrument in the services. All right? Uh, so um, I hope that you'll uh, consider that. But I uh, appreciate these ladies doing that and Miss Rebecca filling in too. And uh, that's been a blessing. All right. Well, let's uh, take our Bibles and turn to the book of Colossians. Colossians in chapter number 3. And we're going to finish Colossians chapter 3 and start chapter number 4 in this message. So uh, Colossians chapter 3. And uh, as you're finding that, if you would uh, join me in standing for the reading of God's Word. And uh, I also just want to publicly praise the Lord for a beautiful Sunday the Lord gave us. I mean, the weather is like, can we just have this every day of the year? <laughs> wow, was it nice. It was like 69 degrees when I got home, and I'm just basking in the sun. And um, you got to be careful because I can get sunburned pretty quickly uh, up here. So, um, But anyway... I'm thankful for the wonderful day the Lord's given us. All right, Colossians chapter number 3, verses 22 down through chapter 4 and verse 1. The Bible says this, Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respect of persons. And chapter 4, verse 1 says, Masters, give unto your servants that which is just and equal, knowing that ye also have a master in heaven. Lord, we are grateful for your word. Uh, thank you for the... Uh, practicality of it. Uh, Lord, certainly there's a lot of portions that deal with doctrinal truth. Then there's other portions, Lord, that give instruction regarding everyday matters, uh, such as what we just read. And uh, Lord, I pray that you'd help me today as I uh, go through this passage. Um, help each one of us, Lord, to have ears to hear and a heart to uh, do the Word of God. And uh, we'll thank you for all that takes place, and I pray that you'd uh, be honored and glorified in it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, in Colossians, um, we have learned so much about <coughs> who the Lord Jesus Christ is and all that the Lord Jesus Christ has done in our lives uh, for those who have placed their faith in Him. And chapter 3 um, Paul mentions that, hey, those of you who are in Christ, those of you who are risen with Christ, we are to now set our affection on things above. And he reminds us that we are now risen with him. And so as a result, we need to put off the grave clothes of the old man, put on the grace clothes of the new man, and that we are to exhibit our new life in Christ in our everyday life. Um, we are to exhibit that and live that out uh, within the local church. In verse 15, let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body. 
um, and be ye thankful. Uh, we are to live this out in the home. And we spent quite a bit of time talking about this in verses 18 and 19, where uh, Paul says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. And then husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. So our new life in Christ as believers is to be lived out in the church, but also in the home and particularly in the marriage. And then it's also to be lived out in the home between children and parents. In verse 20, he says, Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. And then he says to the fathers, Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. So um, he's talking to these believers there in this church at Colossae, and he says, Okay, you're risen with Christ now, and that ought to be evident in the way that you live at home, in the church. But now he turns his attention to the workplace. So really, ultimately, uh, the Christian life is to be lived out everywhere we go, okay? Because the Holy Spirit resides within, and he doesn't like say, okay, well, I'm going to eject from you uh, when you go to work, or I'm going to eject from you when you go home, and then you can live however you want. No, no, uh, the Holy Spirit resides within. He will never leave us nor forsake us. And so really everywhere we go, our new life in Christ ought to be exhibited and evidenced itself uh, by the way we live. All right, so uh, the Christian work life. Um, those of us who are believers ought to be different than those who are not saved as we uh, approach our work life. And uh, now, once again, um, it's interesting how Paul addresses these individuals. First, he talks to the wives first, and then the husbands. And you would think, okay, the husbands are the ones that you know need to take the leadership in the home. You would think he would address them first, but he addresses them second. And then he addresses the children first. You would think, okay, the parents are the ones really, it's more of a parent problem than a child problem. But, but still, he, he hits, he, I keep saying that word, hits children. No, no, no. He uh, addresses the children first, and then, and, then he hits the, and then he hits the parents. That's a little more uh, accurate there. Um, and then uh, he addresses the servants first, and then he talks to those who are over the servants, the masters. Um, and again, you say, well, I would have done it the other way around. Okay, well... Uh, your name is not the Apostle Paul, okay? And uh, the Holy Spirit led the Apostle Paul to do it this way. And uh, anyway, we're gonna we're gonna follow his order here and uh, and talk about how um, the the Christian work life and and Paul once again addresses the servants first, then the masters. So let's f look first at the servants, or in our modern day employees. So for employees. Uh, we're going to be looking at that. Now, when it says servants, technically it means slaves, because back in those days, slavery was commonplace. And according to Warren's Worsby, uh, slavery was an established institution in Paul's day. He said there were 60 million people in the Roman Empire, and many of them were well-educated people who carried out great responsibilities in the homes of the wealthy. Uh, and in many homes, the slaves helped educate and discipline the children. Now, Wiersbe also points out that the purpose of the early church was to spread the gospel and win souls, not to get involved in social action. Okay, you would think, okay, well, why didn't Paul say, hey, down with slavery, it's wrong. 
Um, the, the idea there wasn't that the, he, he says, look, the purpose of the early church was to spread the gospel, win souls, not, not to uh, create change like that. And I would add, that's still the purpose of the church. Uh, while we shouldn't shy away from speaking biblical truth regarding social issues, our primary marching orders as a church is to still preach the gospel to every creature. That's, that's the main uh, purpose um, or marching orders that God has given to us. Of course, we need to bring glory to God. That's our number one priority. But as far as the things that God has told us to do, uh, we are to preach the gospel to every creature. He doesn't say abolish slavery. Now, I'm thankful that we have abolished slavery here in America, and I'm not for slavery, obviously. Um, and uh, I would just simply say the reason we're in such a mess here in America in, in many ways is because we have failed to preach the gospel. All right, And we don't need to shy away from speaking truth regarding uh, social issues, but uh, we need to make sure that we're preaching the gospel. Okay. Anyway, I say all that to say that slavery was, a, was definitely a thing in those days. But in our day, slavery has been a done, away, done away with here in America. So the primary application uh, for this passage is uh, for us today is regarding employees and employer relationship. Okay, so let's talk first about the employees. What does he say to employees? Well, first, we see that there is now a new formula. Uh, now that these Colossian believers are now in Christ, there is a new formula to follow. There are new marching orders when it comes to their relationship with their masters, with their bosses. And what is it? Well, verse 22, Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord, and not unto men. Uh, if you would turn in your Bible to First um, Timothy chapter six, First Timothy chapter six, and verses one and two. And um, by the way, as we've gone through this little portion of the book of Colossians, most of us know that there's a parallel passage in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6 covers a lot of the same stuff, um, a lot of the same issues here, and we're going to get to that in a little bit, but for right now, we're going to look here at 1 Timothy chapter 6. In verse 1, the Bible says this, Let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor that the name of God and His doctrine be not blaspheme. And they that have believing masters, let them not despise them, because they are brethren, but rather do them service, because they are faithful and beloved, partakers of the benefit. These things teach and exhort. All right, and you can turn back to, uh, actually, if you would turn to First Peter chapter 2, and as you're turning there, um, we see this mentioned several times in the New Testament. Uh, Colossians, Ephesians, 1 Timothy, and now 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, that there is a responsibility to believing slaves or servants to now be uh, obedient to their masters. Okay? And here in 1 Timothy 6, uh, the passage we just read, um, this is for those masters, this is for those servants who are serving um, masters who are Christians, and uh, some responsibilities there. But, but what about those bosses who are not saved and, and corrupt and hard to work for? Uh, we're off the hook in those cases, right? 
Well, 1 Peter 2, verse number 18. Here Peter says, Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the froward. So, you know, most people are like, hey, I'm willing to work hard for my boss when he's good to me, when he blesses me, and, and uh, he's gracious and kind and patient. But, uh, but, but when they're not, then man, it's really hard to do. It's hard, really hard to work for him. But here P Peter says, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the froward. And the word froward means a perverse that is, turning from with aversion or reluctance, not willing to yield or comply with what is required, unyielding, ungovernable, uh, disobedient, peevish. Uh, basically, just a very difficult individual to work for, okay? And um, um, I've had several employers over the years, some easy to work for and some not so easy to work for. Uh, some were good and gentle and others who were not. Someone once said, about their boss. I don't know what makes the boss tick, but I sure know what makes him explode. <laughs> and uh, maybe you've worked for a boss like that. You don't know what makes him tick, but you know what makes him blow up. And um, I, I, I've, I've worked for some like that as well. Um, but, uh, but here the formula is very clear, regardless of uh, how they are, um, verse 22 is still the same. Servants, back in Colossians chapter 3, uh, in verse 22, servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. Now, he says here, according to the flesh, and uh, I like what one commentator kind of pointed out on that. He said, look, it, 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 he has control over your uh, what you do, but uh, he he doesn't he should not have control over your soul. Okay, um, so that belongs to the Lord, and uh, don't don't let him have that. Um, let 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 him have your your work and your service, but uh, but don't don't give him too much. Um, but according to the flesh, so allow allow him to have control over that, but not uh, not not to the point where it's affecting your soul and your spirit. Servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. In all things. So we're to obey in all things. Uh, in other words, do what our boss tells us to do when it's exactly what we were hoping he would say. Or if he says something and has us do something we don't want to do, we're willing to do it anyway. Obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. And this is a new formula. This was new. Uh, but as believers, there's now a new formula to follow, and that is obeying all things, your masters according to the flesh. But uh, notice here, secondly, not only the formula, but the focus. How can we really follow this new formula that we have? Well, the key is to have the right focus. And here's what Paul says in verse 22. Uh, Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service. By the way, this is the, the, the idea of like, oh, I'll only work when the boss is around. And, and uh, you know, when you're just kind of sitting there doing nothing, and when the boss comes, then it's like, oh, and then you start working and, and uh, making yourself all look good, you know, and like you're the hardest worker in the company, you know. Um, not with eye servants as men pleasers, but here it is. Here's the focus. In singleness of heart, fearing God. And notice verse 23, whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord, 
but not unto men. Um, if you would turn to Ephesians, this is just back a couple pages in your Bible, Ephesians 6. Let's see what he says to, see how he says it here in Ephesians in chapter 6 and verse 5. Servants, he says, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling in singleness of your heart. And here's how, here's what he says here, as unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart with good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men. All right, so uh, you can flip back to Colossians 3 here. You, you, may or, you may not like or even respect your boss, but here's the deal. As a believer, you shouldn't be doing it for them anyway. You should view your work as a ministry, as a service to the Lord himself. That's what Paul's saying is get your focus off of your boss and onto your master, which is in heaven, the Lord of glory himself. So your boss tells you to give, you know, print up a report or uh, do some type of project. Do it as if you were turning it into the Lord himself, because that is who we're supposed to be serving anyway. Verse 22, back in Colossians, fearing God. Verse 23, um, whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. And then verse 24, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of uh, the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. So our focus should be not on serving our boss, but rather serving the Lord by serving our boss. See? That's a new focus. Uh, for those who are believers in Christ, uh, this should be our focus as you go to work this week. How many of you have tomorrow off? Raise your hand. All right. How many of you have the rest of the week off? Oh, bless you. How many of you retired? That's why you're raising your hand. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, whenever you go back to work, okay, uh, go with the idea that, hey, I'm not going to necessarily report to my boss, although that may be part of it. Ultimately, I'm reporting to the Lord of glory. I work for him. It's a higher calling than uh, just working for the man. Uh, as believers, none of us truly work for the man anymore. Now we work for the Lord. So now that you're risen with Christ, it doesn't really matter, too, what, your mood, your, what mood your boss, boss is in. Um, I remember, you know, uh, in, in our previous jobs, uh, when the boss came in and, and uh, he was in a bad mood, it was like, oh, boy, this is going to be a rough day. But as a believer, hey, it doesn't matter. I mean, it does kind of matter because it does affect the, uh, the vibe of the workplace. I get that. But really, it doesn't matter what mood your boss is in because you're not really serving him anyway. You're ultimately, you're serving the Lord Jesus, and he uh, it remains the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, verse 24 tells us, uh, Knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward for the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. Our focus needs to be on not just doing uh, work for the man, but we're now ultimately doing work for the Lord. 1 Corinthians 10.31, I quoted this verse earlier uh, today, uh, this morning, when, and it says this, Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, 
Do all to the glory of God. That includes, by the way, you going to work and doing the, uh, the responsibilities that you have. Do them uh, for the glory of God. And this is now our focus, now that we're in Christ. And so we see the new formula, the new focus, but then let's look at the fervency. Here in verse number 23, uh, he says, If you're going to, you know, you servants, here's what you need to do. Don't just flippantly do the work. Verse 23, whatsoever you do, do it heartily, as to the Lord and not unto men. Not flippantly. Um, this is something we're to do uh, with our whole heart. Again, if you flip back to uh, Ephesians 6, and verse number um, 6, he says, uh, Not with eye servants as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, with good will, doing service as to the Lord and not, not to man. We're not just flippantly going, Okay, another day. I put in my time and let's just do all that we have to do and cut corners and do the bare minimum. No, really, as believers, we're held to a higher standard, aren't we? When Jesus said, hey, if someone compel you to go one mile, how many should we go? Two. So we should really uh, technically go above and beyond what, what is asked of us if, we're, uh, if, if we have the ability to do so. And so there should be some fervency and, and, a, and a real heart to, that we put into our work. And I realize, you know, so, uh, you know, I'm not really doing anything like that eternally productive. Um, that doesn't matter. Look, the, 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 great, the great thing here is there is no really difference between the secular and sacred work um, because really if we're doing it for the Lord, it doesn't really matter what we're doing. It can all be a ministry. It can all be service for Christ. And that's what he's trying to say here to the lowly servants. He's talking to slaves here. He's talking to the lowliest of the lowlies. And he said, look, your work can still be a service for Christ. It doesn't, you don't have to be uh, a clergyman to serve the Lord. No, no. Everyone can serve the Lord if you do it with the right heart. Whatsoever you do. Do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. By the way, this really applies to everything we're called to do. Not just clocking in and working at our job, but it applies to chores to the young people here. Uh, so you're called to do the dishes. You can do the dishes heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Okay? And really, young people, this is where it starts. Learning how to do these things for the Lord's sake. And not just to not get in trouble and not get grounded and not have consequences. But we're doing this as a service, as a ministry for the Lord. Um, this applies to chores. It applies to schoolwork. It applies to ministry. God's given you a ministry here at Cornerstone Baptist Church. Here it is. Whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Do it to the best of your ability. Do it as a gift for the Lord. Uh, everything, this applies to everything. Um, Ecclesiastes 9 and verse number 10, Solomon said, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. Uh, let's not do flippantly uh, the things that God has called us to do. Let's put our heart into it and uh, be fervent about the work that God's given to us. 
as believers, it ought to be different. We ought to... We ought to be more fervent and, and, and put our heart into it much more than someone who's not a believer. Um, and it should be evident that we are in Christ at work. All right? So there's a new formula. There's a new focus. There should be a new fervency because there is a future. And notice here in verse 24, Knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. And then notice verse 25. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. And there's no respect of persons. We all need to be reminded here that God is keeping a record of our work here on earth. And one day in the future, God will reward that work or he'll bring consequences for those who do wrong. Again, in verse 25, he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, and there's no respect or no respect of persons. Um, so, look, those who are faithful, those who are obscure and kind of under the radar and behind the scenes, and they're faithfully doing the work as under the Lord. God's pro promises to reward those openly one day, um, and uh, I'm thankful for that truth. You don't have to be somebody famous. And uh, I'm, I'm certain that when we get to heaven, a lot of us are going to be a, kind of amazed at who, who gets honored there. And ultimately, it's all about Jesus getting honored. But um, I, I believe that uh, others are going to be honored far more than, um, than I am, that's for sure. And, and it's going to be like, wow, these people kind of flew under the radar. They were kind of a, maybe didn't have a big name here on earth, but boy. Uh, evidently, God looked down upon them and saw their faithfulness in the corner, uh, under the radar, behind the scenes, uh, faithfully serving the Lord. So uh, there is a future and uh, for those who are faithful and those who uh, are not faithful, those who do wrong, those who try to cheat the system, those who try to uh, cut corners, uh, they're going to receive for the wrong which he hath done. There is consequences for those who choose to do wrong. So there's a future. So for those who are employees, uh, there's now a new formula. There should be the right focus now. We're, we're not serving just our boss. We're ultimately serving the Lord. And as a result, then we should have a new fervency, uh, realizing that there is a future. But now there's employers. Uh, Paul talks to the employers in chapter 4 and verse number 1. He says, Masters, give unto your servants that which is just and equal, knowing that ye also have a master in heaven. Now, Paul doesn't spend nearly as much time on employers, and uh, primarily because I think most of his audience would have fallen in the servant category rather than the master category. Uh, but there are a couple words of instructions to bosses out there, to those in authority. What are they? Well, in verse 1 here, we find two of them. First of all, be fair. Masters, give unto your servants that which, which is just and equal. Uh, they should pay a fair wage for the work that their servants are doing. Um, and God hates the oppression of the poor. If you turn your Bible to James chapter number 5. James chapter 5. Um, Here's, here's God's attitude towards uh, those who are masters and are 
rich and mistreat the poor and uh, mistreat those who work for them. James chapter 5, verse 1. James says, Go to now, you rich men. Weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. He says, Your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver is cankered, and the rust of them shall be a witness against you. You shall eat your flesh as, is, as, as it were fire. You have heaped treasure together for the last days. And here it is, verse 4. Behold, the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud, crieth. And the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabbath. Ye have lived in pleasure on the earth and have been wanton. Ye have nourished your hearts as in a day of slaughter. Ye have condemned and killed the just, and he doth not resist you. Uh, but then he says to those who have been patient, Be patient, therefore, brethren, in the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it until he receive the early and latter rain. Now, do you see that the Lord is not happy with those who do not treat uh, those who work for them, who labor in their fields, and they completely um, shaft them? Uh, the, God's not happy with that. So, for those who do have the decision to decide what to uh, pay, pay those who labor for you and with you, um, be fair. Be fair. Give unto your servants that which is just and equal, uh, the Word of God says. Be fair. But then, secondly, he says, be not forgetful. Be not forgetful. Uh, verse, verse 1 again, Masters, give unto your servants that which is just and equal, knowing that ye also have a master in heaven. In other words, those of you who are over other people, don't forget that you yourself are still under authority with a capital A. Uh, some bosses, when they get the title and position of boss, really begin power tripping. They kind of begin, you know, like barking orders all of a sudden, and it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, now, to a point, they do need to take charge and provide leadership, uh, but they all need to remember in verse number one, that, ye, that they have a master in heaven over them. And so for those Christian bosses in here today, let's remember that there is another authority over us and that there is a master in heaven. Um, he is just and he is going to deal with us accordingly someday. Um, he's given us the opportunity to uh, minister to those under us, and we better do that with grace. Um, with just, uh, with equality and, uh, and, and fairness and uh, graciousness. Um, but because, hey, look, the Lord's going to treat us in a, in a way as well. And we want to make sure we're not, uh, we reap what we sow, we get what we grow. So we, we better make sure we're treating those under us with the same grace that we would want God to give to us. So be fair and be not forgetful. Be reminded of the fact that one day we're going to give an account to our master for the way we treated those under us. So the Christian life is supposed to be lived out. Lived out in the home between husband and wife. It's supposed to be lived out between parents and children. But it is also supposed to be lived out in the workplace between employee and employer. 
And those of us who have a job, who report to someone and have to work, which I say, would dare say most of us in here have a job, but let's not look at it as a mere job. Let's look at it as, all, honestly, a ministry unto the Lord. Let's treat it as such. Um, if the Lord himself were to come in and say, hey, I want you to do this particular job, do it as if you were doing it unto him, because that's what we're supposed to be doing according to this passage. Um, our workplace ought to be different because of the fact that we're believers. If you're here tonight and you are not a believer, I would encourage you to become one and uh, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Well, let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we do thank you for uh, the time together tonight to look at this passage of Scripture. And um, God, I pray you'd help us, those of us who have jobs, uh, Lord, to follow this new formula, to obey in all things, not, not with eye servants, but uh, doing it with the right focus as unto you knowing that you've given us this job as a means to uh, provide for our financial needs. And uh, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to do so with fervency, uh, understanding that there is a future, um, that you are going to reward those who um, are faithful. And then you're going to bring consequences to those who try to cut corners and try to cheat the system. Help us, Lord, to honor you and the work that we do. And then, Lord, for those who are um, over others, I pray, Lord, you'd help those to be fair and to not be forgetful, um, to remember the fact that you're in heaven watching and you see what's going on. And, uh, Lord, that's a great encouragement and a great reminder to do what's right. And, Lord, I pray you'd help us to apply these truths as we go to work this week. Help us, Lord, to implement these uh, thoughts and help us to live differently and work differently because of it. May, may our work be a te testimony to the other employees, to our bosses, to those around us that uh, there is something different about us because the difference you made in us. And I pray, Lord, you'd um, help us to bring honor and glory to you through all of it. In Jesus' name.